You're now listening to Sanity Shelves. Hey, everybody, welcome to Sanity Shelves. My name is Nathan. I am your humble and obedient host. I am welcoming you to another edition of one of the most culturally literate programs in all of podcasting. It is a subset of the Sound of Sanity podcast, and it is a podcast called Sanity Shelves, where we talk about the things that we've been reading in a very sane manner. Because that's the show. It's Sound of Sanity. Sanity is kind of our thing. We bring sanity through our show. So, let me introduce the people appearing on today's episode of Sound of Sanity presents Sanity Shelves, comma, Dawn of Justice. A Sound of Sanity story. Hey, my name's Nathan. I'm your humble and obedient host. That's who I am. Hey. 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 Hey is for horses. Now, we've also got... Oh, boy, this is exciting. I love it when this person appears on Sound of Sanity. And he does 100% of the time, so I'm a very excited person 100% of the time when this person appears on Sound of Sanity, which is all the time, as I just established, his name is Pastor Benjamin Solzer. He is the pastor. Nope. I'm sorry. Oops. Uh, yeah. Yep. That was dumb of me. Oop. He's the preacher who's a teacher of sanity. And ben, would you like to introduce the other guy that appears on Sanity Shelves? Jake Menzel, the pastor who's a master of sanity? Would I like to introduce him? Yeah. Sure. Okay, go. Go it's ahead. It's Jake Menzel, the pastor who's a master of sanity. Hey, guys. Hey, is for horses, Jake. Got me. Well, guys, I'd be lying if I said the book that I've been reading wasn't. A Stone Cold Classic? A Stone. Self-Help? Well, the fact is, Jake, and I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but I like to read Dale Carnegie books. And there's just something very warm and comfortable and comforting about reading Dale Carnegie books. I remember when I was... Just got out of the house, was working my first job. Somehow I ended up with a cr- crummy old paperback copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I read it and I don't know that it really helped my ability to win friends or influence all people all that much. But it had things that have stuck with me, like things all, things on the level of when you meet a fellow, and D- Dale Carnegie would say, when you meet a fellow, because he's writing in the early 20th century, you should remember that fellow's name. He will feel complimented when you say his name back to him, as if you cared to remember his name. I think that is the number one takeaway from Dale Carnegie's, for me at least, from Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a good takeaway. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great takeaway. And it's probably. There are a lot of little things like that that people look down their nose at that are just simple practical ways to love people and make them feel loved and they can be used cynically or if you've never been taught them in a basic way by a father figure in your life they can just be really helpful you want to love people you want people to feel loved by you and sometimes somebody telling you some practical things that make a light bulb go off Mm -hmm. can be really great really helpful 
Yeah, what I find, because I find myself attracted to the self-help genre, and I find myself attracted particularly to old-timey self-help that everyone else is just like, maybe it's just the contrarian in me, you know, I'm always going to like the thing that's not popular, so if everybody else is like, yay, Jordan Peterson, then I'm like, Dale Carnegie, Dale Carnegie. But I like old-timey self-help books. I find myself attracted to self-help books in general, and I don't, I don't know. Sometimes in my life, at certain points in my life, or in certain points in other people's lives, when I've observed them reading such books, I sort of think, wow, what a waste of time. You can read all the books you want about the Ninth Symphony, and you still haven't really heard Beethoven until you've heard Beethoven. Like, in other words, these things have to be caught and absorbed. They can't just be taught in some kind of listicle or, or something like that. That's That's kind of the when I'm feeling my most cynical about these kinds of books. And yet, as much as I have had those kinds of thoughts and observed those kinds of problems with people making use of Dale Carnegie, Nor- Norman Vincent Peale, Power of Positive Thinking, all these kinds of things, uh, all the way up to the modern guys, your, you know, your Manosphere guys, your Jordan Petersons, and your, mm. who are the other popular guys mm. these days? There was uh, Maxwell. Is it John Maxwell? Seven Rules for, of Successful yeah, Leaders, yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy. As, as much as I find myself kind of all uh, things craig groeschel yeah i don't know him it's easy to look down on that stuff and it's easy to say what we what the culture really needs is dads to just like say hey remember guys people guys names and shake their hands firmly you know it's like this is it's sad when we need jordan peterson to tell us to clean our room so there's that whole aspect of it but then what i do find that i like about these books i think is that they just provide anchor points for me just little like Dale Carnegie for me is always going to be the remember people people's name guy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of helpful because if I'm meeting somebody, I'm like, oh, yeah, Dale Carnegie. And I don't know why it's stuck in my brain that way. I don't know. You know, it's, everybody needs handles for things. <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, give me but, it, especially for things that don't come naturally or that just aren't imprinted on them for a young age, mm-hmm. from a young age. So if you had a dad that always you were around him a lot and he'd meet people and he'd repeat their name back to them. You might catch that. That might become second nature. Mm -hmm. If that has never become second nature and you in your twenties or thirties realize, oh yeah, I want people to feel loved and like I care about them. And I realize that I feel that way when people remember my name and I feel bad when people don't, I should work to remember their name and repeat it back to them. Mm -hmm. Well, Having some kind of handle or trigger for that may be the only way that you get that work done in your life. Right. Yeah. And so that's that's what I feel is helpful about these kinds of books. And that's why I was reading Dale Carnegie. I guess, I guess the other thing I'll say about it is I do enjoy reading old books. I don't know. There's just something nostalgic. Like Dale Carnegie. I don't know. Have, have you guys ever read any Dale Carnegie? Uh, a no, little I bit. I have a book on public speaking that I've yeah. dipped into. Yeah, that's actually the one that I've been reading just for fun. But Dale Carnegie's big thing in public speaking is like, oh, you have to use like anecdotes and illustrations to help people remember your points. Like that's basically, I just gave you half the book or, or maybe three quarters of the But Dale Carnegie follows his own advice. And so he has all these like anecdotes and stories. And I really enjoy them. Because they're they're like the kind of anecdotes that you sort of associate with like a crummy Methodist minister or something from the mid-century or something. It's all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. Abe Lincoln was known to make notes uh, whenever he bought a new top hat. All the stories kind of 
start like that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, General Grant was heard to remark one day to his horse, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all kinds of those stories. <laughs> Mary Todd Lincoln never could make a good crumpet until uh, <laughs> one day when the, she saw a gopher in the yard. I really enjoy. They're, they all kind of feel like if you were going into any kind, like let's say, let's say Jake's dad was really corny, and he found out that Jake was going to become a pastor, and then he went to like Barnes and Noble or went to a used bookstore and found like a book of anecdotes yes. for for pastors and gave it to Jake. And I only know one pastor who uses those kinds of anecdotes and can actually pull it off and make it helpful. But I but I can't actually think of one. Anyway, they're, they're, they all kind of have that flavor, but there's just something very warm and comforting and nostalgic about being told, like, when you see the fellows at the club, then remember General Grant's horse. <laughs> like Dale Carnegie on that level, which <laughs> is not as uh, profound of a reason to read something as uh, Jake trying to figure out his breathing or Ben becoming a hardcore negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> well... The overlap with what I was reading is just that you want a guy who will give you handles for good things to do if you want to have friends. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Negotiating, you may not become a terrorist negotiator like me, mm-hmm. but you may be able to to repeat back to people things that they say in a way that shows, hey, I'm listening to you. I'm trying to remember what you say, and I'm trying to signal that I would like to hear more of what you're saying. Right. Well, that's a pretty nice skill. That's like... Being able to say someone's name back to them. Mm-hmm. This is, and that's a very simple thing. I, I think what's interesting about books. <laughs> there's a nice. Uh, <laughs> profound, he said, "Tell us." He said, "Taking a puff on his pipe." <laughs> what is interesting about books? Nathan? Tell us, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> I've, went, I've been wondering my whole life. <laughs> what is it that's interesting about books? <laughs> Andrew Jackson was heard to remark once. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Waltz playing bridge. Uh, what I, the weird thing about books, guys, <laughs> is that you read a whole book. Like if somebody just gave, gave you, like I always get advertised this Blinkist app. You guys ever see ads for uh, that? Yeah, no. Where, where they're they're like we boil down. I will now though. Yeah, I'm sure you will. And I apologize, <laughs> listeners, all of you that now say Blinkist apps or ads, but they're like we boil down books to the. The key three points, so you can read like fifteen books in fifteen minutes. I have, I get one like that. It's called Headway. Yeah, there's a number of apps that have tried to occupy that space, and I actually don't mind that if it's useful to people, but it's not useful to me because unless I do the work of reading the whole book and forgetting most of it, I'm probably not going to remember those the, three points. Those three points or the two points, and they might not even be the two points that the book wants me to remember it. But it's like I have to dig through i have to go and i have to get my pickaxe and go through that archaeological dig all myself in order to get whatever diamonds i'm going to get and nobody can get it for me and so reading a whole book like dale carnegie i'll probably come away with like one useful thing or two useful things if i read ben's negotiation book i might pick up one thing or two things Mm -hmm. but you got to read the whole darn book to do it and it's kind of part of the work of Learning and growing is doing that work, but it, it always feels like the work is somewhat out of proportion with the reward, not in a way that makes me not want to do the work, but just in a way that makes me think, huh, isn't that interesting that that's the way our brains work? 
Mm-hmm. That's the way my brain works. Maybe I should speak for myself. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is you also, you do podcasting and stuff. And so you're absorbing Dale Carnegie and his voice. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, not that you're trying to imitate him all the time, but you just are like, huh, that was a good thing that he did. Mm-hmm. That was memorable. I liked his tone there. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, just absorb it some. Yeah, I'm sure that's a lot of what I've gotten from books in my life is it's things that have seeped into my personality, actually. Yeah. Without even me ever being aware of them. Yeah, but I, uh, I think that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Well, and that actually gives me, makes me a little bit more confident and a less self-deprecating in my love of Dale Carnegie's voice and of mid-century self-help books in general. <laughs> because mid-century health self-help, it just comes from this, I don't know that it was actually a more innocent era, but the way the books are written. Feels more it innocent. It conjures up this innocent era of gentlemen just all kind of shaking each other's hands and all trying to help each other to get ahead and, uh, you know, attending clubs and <laughs> hearing about the... And I like that world. I mean, it's not a world that I, <laughs> I live in exactly. It, it feels like a kind of an edifying world to spend a little time in. I don't know. So, <laughs> boy, guys, we may have front-loaded the diamonds from this sanity search series, whatever this is called. Sanity shelves? Sanity shelves, because I don't know that I have that much more to say about Dale Carnegie or self-help or hmm. anything like that. Hmm. So, you don't have any big picture thoughts on self the self help genre, Nathan. I, I think I just gave you my. That was it. I, I think you cannot learn how to be a person by reading a book, mm-hmm. but you can certainly pick up some helpful handles to. You can learn to be a bit. You can learn to be a better person. Yes, yes, I think that's true. I think that's true. I think, yeah, the the. It's like with Jordan, Jordan Peterson is just a great, another great example of this sort of thing. The the self-help genre exists because there's a vacuum. A lot of Christians get a lot of traction for bashing the self-help genre instead of recognizing the places where it exists because of places where we failed, Mm -hmm. where fathers have failed and the church has failed to step in and be fathers. Right provide fathers to the fatherless and there's a lot of good that self-help books and gurus do for people yeah and i feel like the christian response is sometimes like oh you never learned how to walk well don't try using a crutch like why would you want to you need to learn how to walk and if you try and use this crutch you'll never learn how to walk now we're not going to bother teaching you how to walk right but uh, but we are going to kick that crutch out from underneath you right and the fact is you can do both things. That crutch is keeping you from falling on Jesus. Which for some people it is. I mean, there there is some truth to that. But you can hobble along on a crutch to get places while you learn to walk. Like, you, you can actually do both <laughs> at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. if I need Dale Carnegie or Jordan Peterson to give me a couple tips on oh, how to no. be a man. Dale my- Carnegie is going to teach you how to be a happier, healthier person with stronger relationships. That will get in the way of you understanding and feeling your need for Jesus. Therefore, you should never learn anything that has to do with having happy, healthy relationships. You should be as miserable as possible and your life should fall to pieces as quickly as possible so you can turn to Jesus. Yeah, that's a a pretty lame (laughs) way to love people. 
and a pretty unhelpful way to love people. And it is true that we need our legs cut out from underneath us. And the self-help genre does prop up a lot of people so that they never have to feel their need of Jesus. But at the same time, people need help for a reason. Mm -hmm. And people who are out seeking help aren't people to sneer at. Right. Yeah. I think the hard thing is figuring out what what parts of self-help books are helpful. Mm -hmm. Dale Carnegie is probably a little more straightforward. There are other guys, don't ask me to name them, but when you get to them, you're like, is this trying to deal with a character issue that the Bible deals with and this isn't really dealing with it? Or, well, is, it, or, is, this, or is this just the crutch we're talking about while I learned to walk? Norman it's, Vincent Peale, Power of Positive Thinking is a great example of that because is there a power of positive thinking that we could all sort of kind of apply in a way that's not godless? Yeah, well, kind, of, kind of, I would say. But also... Is that what most people are going to get out of that book? No, I think most people are going to actually get a, a replacement God or a belief. A replacement just in, gospel. A replacement mm-hmm. gospel of self-esteem. Yeah. Um, so, your daily affirmations. Right. I don't, is that that book? I don't know. I've, I, I, I've never read it. Yeah. I've never read it. I feel like, I feel like I, well, I haven't read it either. Right. But, yeah, I don't know Norman. But there, there, some, some of these books, like, there was just a random dollar store book I picked up that I don't know if I still own it called Hero Living mm-hmm. by this guy, just some guy who's a martial artist and stuntman. And the flavor of the book is all you're on your own. Figure out how to break out of the prison you're in. Figure mm-hmm. out how to make yourself stronger. Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming it. to help you. Nobody's coming to help you. Right. And that that flavor is actually, that's, it's interesting because he'll say helpful things and <laughs> that will be, a, that will be an attractive flavor mm-hmm. unhelpfully when you're dealing with your sanctification mm-hmm. and being able to separate those things takes wisdom. Which part of this should I take? And where is it like making me want to, ah, I don't want to have to pray. Right. And just find another self-help book, pull up, pull up on the bootstraps, apply more pressure, pull up again. Right. So Dale Carnegie has a little bit of that mid-century fake optimism, self-esteem stuff. But what I like about him, actually, the reason that I think I go back to him a lot is because, not a lot, I mean, I've, I've read two Dale Carnegie books in my life. But over and over, over and every over. day, he, he's more just like, here's a bag of tricks. Remember people's names. Shake people's hands. Notice When you walk into a man's office, notice a thing about, is there a picture of a sailboat? Ask him about sailing. When you're public speaking, it can be very effective to begin with a story. That draws people <laughs> in, you know. It's, it's stuff like that yeah. that's just tried and true tricks of the trade of being a human being make eye contact yeah. and that that flavor of self-help i find to be pretty helpful actually yep even when it's stuff i already know like make eye contact it just it really doesn't have another it does it really does not hurt me to have another story of andrew jackson's horse taught him to make eye contact because <laughs> maybe that'll make me make three percent more eye contact and mm-hmm. sometimes i'm not that good at making eye, eye contact so yeah, I'm not going to vouch for the whole Dale Carnegie school and all that stuff, but I think there's a lot of valuable, useful little mm-hmm. things in those books. As long as you're not going to be tempted to be obsessed with it, become just a walking bag of tricks, which I suppose, which is what people accuse Dale Carnegie of, actually. Being a walking bag of tricks? Well, they just said, it was said that, or I've read somewhere that if you ever met Dale Carnegie, it just felt like, oh boy, this guy really b- believes in the Dale Carnegie school of like, <laughs> I will now make eye contact. I will now lead with a question of like, 
people said he he was actually kind of a lame example of his <laughs> method method over humanity <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 kind of like oh methodology dale carnegie humanity. is really dale carnegie me over here <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know any any other uh, thoughts about self-help or mid-century self-esteem or i had a friend who told me dale Car- carnegie was <laughs> like a the devil yeah devil carnegie yeah yeah it's like having people beat up and kill i don't know i i i'm now i'm now wondering if i or my friend wasn't confused with andrew, andrew carnegie, carnegie. <laughs> you know <laughs> who actually probably did do those andrew things carnegie yeah. was a thug yeah i mean so i'm i'm not really clear <laughs> maybe he was confused maybe i was confused <laughs> if you, friend old friend if you're listening <laughs> sorry if i'm misrepresenting everything but i thought Dale Carnegie. And I, so I've been looking for him on Google, looking for his dark secret <laughs> <laughs> history. <laughs> it's hard to find. I don't think Dale Carnegie had a dark history <laughs> besides leading people astray with the crummy self-help books or something like that. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Well, yeah. Mr. Rogers did not wear sweaters to cover his tattoos, nor did he have six confirmed kills as a sniper, <laughs> nor was Dale Carnegie some kind of mob, mob boss. Mob boss. <laughs> <laughs> I wish all those things were true. <laughs> uh, nothing would make me happier than about Dale Carnegie, the mob boss. <laughs> oh, hey, you gonna find out how to skin friends? And uh, I don't know what he, what would his like behind the scenes thing be. Yeah. All right. So uh, if you've learned anything from the sanity shelves, folks, I hope it's that uh, you need to be a hardcore negotiator who gets what you want in life. You need to breathe through your nose. And you need to remember people's names if you want to win those people and influence them. So, hey, if you have any thoughts about self-help or any of the subjects we've talked about on Sanity Shells, or if you have a book that you think would be interesting to hear us read, you know what I want to read? I want to read a book about the CIA. That's what I think I want to find next because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a good one, but all all this news and everybody's always talking about the deep state and the CIA influenced this and did that and I've read books about the uh, Hoover and the FBI before but I've never I don't know anything about the CIA besides that what Ethan Hunt broke in yeah ex- ex- the things I've seen Sold in the knock list yep mm-hmm. had to had to grab that piece of sweat that came off of his brow Glasses. yep gave that poor guy uh, and Ethan Hunt yeah he's a great guy he's an American hero Ethan Hunt not getting lung in the tooth at all and very entertaining all right thanks for listening ben or thanks for participating (laughs) i'm happy to listen (laughs) anyone who's out there listening named ben thanks for listening and i'll tell you what you do ben's and and others but mostly i'm talking to the ben's today go to patreon.com it is all about the benjamins it is all about the benjamins today nicely done jake 400 podcasting points to jake jake knows how to win podcasts and influence podcasters so if you're a podcaster named ben go to patreon.com this includes you ben (laughs) you're because you're a podcaster named ben (laughs) go to patreon.com forward slash sound of sanity support this fine program for many benjamins for many benjamins as many as you can afford support this podcast but for the benjamins it takes to buy a cup of coffee you can support this podcast so you buy many cups of coffee coffee with Benjamin. Mm-hmm. You can buy cups of copy, too. You can. <laughs> copy, copy something on a copier. Wad it up. Copies of cup. cups. Yeah. All kinds of things you can do with your money if you're smart, like us. All right. Thanks, Jake. 
Yes. Thanks for being you. You're welcome, Nathan. All right. Man, Nathan and Jake just got a little closer. I just watched it happen. Yep. I think, is that the Dale Carnegie kind of trick that you just... <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> that, that was 100% Nathan, folks. All right. What's the thing that I say at the Until end? Until next time. Until next time. Stay sane. 